Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to episode four of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. I am Dave Cross, your host, and this week we'll continue our discussion on productivity and automation, this time answering the question, what about actions? If you listened to last week's podcast, you know I was talking about productivity and automation and mentioned that many people, when they think of automation, they think immediately of actions. Now, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, probably should go and do that first. We'll wait. No, we actually won't wait. So the thing that I found is a lot of people, again, think of of automation and they think of actions. And for those that aren't familiar with actions, the basic principle is you can record a series of Photoshop operations and then play them back and they run much quicker than you could ever do yourself. So it's a real speed enhancer. But here's the curious thing about actions. When you load Photoshop the very first time, there's an actions panel and it comes with some built-in actions designed by Adobe, some of which are quite useful or some of which are somewhat useful and others are just, I would say, probably a demonstration of the capabilities of actions. But one of the things that I found is I would do live seminars for many years and I'd always take a show of hands in the audience and I would ask how many people by show of hands don't know what an action is and why you should use them. And there'd be usually about 20% or so of the audience would put their hand up. So then I'd ask, all right, how many people use and record their own actions on a regular basis? And it was probably about less than 20%. So that left a pretty big chunk of the audience that curiously enough knew what actions were, but then still didn't use them. So I started investigating this a little further and asking people, well, why is it that you don't use actions? And I found there were three main reasons why people didn't use actions. The first was, well, I still don't really understand what an action is for. And that's, that's fair enough. Obviously, if you don't understand something, you won't use it. The second reason was, well, I thought actions were really meant for these long, complicated process where you take like type and turn into something completely different or something like that. And and certainly that's one use for actions, but that's one of the most common misconceptions is that it has to be this complicated multi-step process. We'll talk more about that later. And the third very common reason why people told me they didn't use actions is they tried it once and had a bad action experience where something went terribly wrong and and they were like, "Ooh, I'll never do that again. And one of the particular challenges of working with actions is that definitely you can get yourself in some hot water if you're not kind of careful or don't really understand the basic principle of how actions work. So here's a couple of suggestions in that regard. First of all, don't go into this thinking that I need to create an action that I will use many times over the next couple of years and will save me time. Again, that's certainly one option, but really what it comes down to is, is there anything I can do to save myself time? So imagine this scenario where you have a series of images that were taken around the same time and you've determined that for each one, you wanna open it, apply curves with a particular setting, add a mask, select your paintbrush and get ready to start painting. So rather than do those few steps every single time, you could record an action that simply did that. It would simply add the curves adjustment layer with that preset. It would select the mask for you and have your brush activated ready to paint. And those would be the only steps of the action. But even that little bit of recording, it's still 
better than the alternative. It's one of the things I talked about in last week's episode was using the expression, it's better than the alternative. This is a prime example where even if you automate just certain parts of a process, that's still going to help you in the end result. The other thing is uh, I've seen people that hesitate to record an action because they're thinking, well, I only need it today. I'm like, okay, so record it for today and use it 10 times today and then never use it again. It still will have saved you time. The other thing to know about actions is they're, they're very literal. So one of the ways that I got myself into some hot water the very first time I started trying to experiment with actions is I had a multi-layer document and I started recording and then I clicked on a layer and I did, you know, duplicate layer, apply this filter, whatever it was. And then when I tried running that action on a different photograph, I got an error message right away. And one of the things you'll also find, by the way, about actions is sometimes the error messages are not terribly helpful. So you don't really necessarily know what is it you're trying to tell me here. And what had happened in this particular case, and this is what I mean by actions being very literal, is because I started recording and then clicked on the layer, it actually recorded a step in the action called select the layer called layer two or whatever it happened to be called. Well, that meant every time I ran the action from then on, it went looking for a layer called layer two. And if there wasn't one, it wouldn't work. So one of the things we learned very quickly with actions is very often we need to do things like click on the layer and then start recording. So a layer is already actively selected or if in the middle of an action you need to select a layer instead of clicking on it which would record the name you use some of the keyboard shortcuts that are available to select the next layer up or down and that way you're just recording that process not anything too specific so that's one of the little gutches we find about recording actions is again it's so literal that even things like another occasion i remember i started recording an action and then opened a document to record the action, well, of course, it also recorded the step called open. Now, to be fair, it is possible to go in and edit action. So sometimes if that happens, you could go in and say, oh, I need to remove that step called open document, things of that nature. But it's one of those things where the more you do it, you'll start to realize that it is so literal that you have to kind of think it through. What I usually do in most cases, if I know I'm going to record an action that's going to be used for a particular project, I'll open kind of like a dummy document or a copy so that I can record all the steps. It doesn't matter if I do anything to that document because it's its real purpose is to help me record the action. I'll continue my discussion of actions in a moment, but first. It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is about actions. When you record an action, as I said, it's very specific. So if you record a filter, it's going to record those specific filter settings. If you want to run that action, but use different filter settings before you run the action, just double click on that step in the actions panel. It'll let you put new settings into the filter. And now when you press play, it'll run the filter with those new settings. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses and live Q&A sessions, LearningPhotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. There's another very interesting and yet often overlooked 
way of taking advantage of actions, and that's creating an action that only has one step. Now, that might sound really odd at first because isn't the whole point of actions to do like multiple steps? Well, that's one of the reasons. But imagine this for a moment. There are functions in Photoshop where they're either buried inside a dialog box or buried several menu items deep. And I suppose for some of them, like something under a menu, you could attempt to allocate a keyboard shortcut. But for certain things, they're either kind of hidden or they don't allow keyboard shortcuts or it just might be more convenient to do it this way. And what you do is you simply record an action that only has that one step. So for example, convert to smart object or rotate 90 degrees or free transform and scale down 10% or anything of that nature. Operations that you do on a regular basis that are little individual operations that you're constantly doing. Instead of going and finding them, it'd be useful to have them as these one-step actions. And then once you have your little list of one-step actions in the actions panel. If you go to the pop-up menu, the little flyout menu, you'll see is there's an option called button mode. And if you change to that, now your actions become actual clickable buttons. So imagine now you have your actions panel in this button mode and you're seeing these buttons, quote unquote, that say convert to smart object, transform 10% smaller, rotate 90 degrees. All these things you've recorded now become things you can simply click and they run that action that quickly. Instead of you having to go and dig under a menu or remember a keyboard shortcut, you're literally clicking on buttons. So that's just another example of a way to use actions that's actually don't really have to know a whole lot about creating multi-step actions because, well, you're not. You're just creating a series of these one-step actions. And what I did is create a, a set, which is Adobe's name for a folder when it comes to actions, and I just keep adding new ones in there. So then when I'm working on a project and I realize I want to take advantage of those one-click actions, I just turn on that button mode, use them, and then go back out of button mode for other occasions when I want to record a new action. It's worth noting that button mode is just a display mode. You can't actually edit or record an action in that process. The other thing I would recommend to you if you're new to actions is definitely try some of the ones that come built in the actions panel. I, I mean, they're not the greatest in the world, but at least gives you an idea of how they work. One important note that I wish someone had told me way back in the day was if you see an action and the name of the action, something is in brackets. So for example, it says special effect brackets type or vignette brackets layer, whatever that word in brackets in effect is saying first make a or first make sure you're on a such and such type of layer then you run the action so that's what that means anytime that's sort of become a standard way of indicating if there's anything you need to do to get started so if you see something in brackets besides beside the name of the action that's what it's telling you is to first click on a type layer or first make sure you have a selection active or whatever that is as i mentioned earlier one of the challenges with actions is if you try to run something that doesn't work very often the action error messages are not terribly clear. In other words, they don't just say, oh, you need to have an active selection first. It'll say something like the step selection is not available. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it doesn't really tell you why. It just gives you this sort of rough indication of the fact there is a problem, but doesn't necessarily help you figure out what it is. The other strategy that I think is very useful when you're first learning, if you want to learn about actions and how a typical action runs and the kind of steps you might want to take is 
find one of those actions. It could be one that's available in the sets that Adobe provides, or you could download an action from somewhere else. Although I would quickly add, there's a whole industry out there of people that make actions, both free and paid. And some of them are very complicated if you try to look at how they did it because they're trying to create a special effect and they don't really intend for you necessarily to go in and edit the steps. So that could be a little confusing. I'm suggesting you start with one of the more basic ones from Adobe. One of the options in the pop-up menu of the actions panel is an option called playback options. And in that dialog box, there is an option called step-by-step. -step. The default is accelerated because the whole point of an action is you want it to zip by really quickly and not see what it's doing because that's the whole point. But if you're trying to learn what an action is doing, you have the actions panel open and you change temporarily, I should say, to that step-by-step, step, then as it's doing it, you'll kind of be able to follow along. And sometimes you'll kind of go, oh, that's how they work around that issue, or that's how they got that to work. And I found early on that was a real help to me to, to figure out how people were doing things because I could see it in action. I will, again, quickly add, once you've done that, though, you definitely want to put the playback options back to accelerated because otherwise you'll be wondering, why is this action taking so long? I thought actions were supposed to be fast. So that's something you, you definitely would have to go in and adjust yourself. But for me, the main couple of things to summarize the use of actions is, again, it doesn't have to be a long, complicated, multi-step process. I mean, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that full A to Z process. You can create an action that only does several steps to get you started or several steps to finish something off. That's still, compared to the alternative, going to save you time. And it's also worth mentioning that actions really have very little overhead in Photoshop. So there's really not a bad thing to have actions, make copies of actions, duplicate them and edit them or try an action, make an action that you just use for today and you'll never use it again. Nothing wrong with that because all of these things, the whole intention is to try and help us be more productive and to automate things as much as we can. So that's it for this week's episode. Next week, I don't want to spoil anything yet, but fingers crossed, we may well have our first guest on the podcast. So that'll be very interesting. So make sure you tune in for that. I'd also, once again, thank those people that left a review on iTunes. If you'd be willing to do that too, that would make us very happy here because the more people, the better. So more people find out about this podcast. Well, that's it. We'll see you next time. I'm Dave Cross. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at TalkingShop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.